you're an employee, but you have this passion, you have this desire to do more, then continue to work in your job full time and then work part time on your passion. But you got to make that commitment. You got to say, I'm not just dabbling. This is not just a hobby for me. This is something I want to do. Welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration so that you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We're your hosts, David Thompson and Leo Sabo, and in this episode of Getting Money Right, we're going to be teaching you the basic steps to becoming self-employed and really starting your own business. It could be a side business, it could grow into a larger business, it could be something that you do on your own, but it's really about Leo, how do I start? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Where do I go? Yeah, that's good. Because we've been talking about the path to wealth. And part of what we've been trying to help people understand is following Robert Kiyosaki for cash flow quadrant. We've been talking about how you can go from an employee to self-employed to business owner to investor. And that this path to wealth, as you gravitate, especially from what we call the left side of the quadrant to the right side of the quadrant, there's just potential there to exponentially grow wealth. Mm-hmm. Whereas an employee or self-employed person, you can definitely do better with self-employment, but both as an employee or as a self-employed person, the limitation is the hours that you can work. Too much of it depends on you. You're trading hours for dollars, and eventually you run out. So what we want to talk about today is what does it look like to be self-employed with the potential of maybe someday moving over to being a business owner creating that system that they can exponentially give you that ability to grow wealth and maybe even gravitate to being an investor someday. Yeah, it usually is a lifelong journey and it oftentimes starts with being an employee. I would say 99.9% of the time you Mm -hmm. start out as an employee, you learn how business works, you learn how to serve people well. Uh, But this is that next step. How do I create a small business on the side? I learn to be self-employed, or at least I keep my regular employment and learn some skills that can help me to be a business owner one day. Mm -hmm. And then, like you said, potentially graduate to just being an investor where your investments earn the income. So it's not based on your time and energy, because even as a business owner, you still have to manage the business. That's right. And so, or you have to hire managers and still keep an eye on how it's being managed. So uh, there's a lot more to having a small business than mm-hmm. what we're going to be able to share today. No doubt. But we're going to give you a few basic steps, some simple stuff just to get you started. Uh, we think it's better to just get started and start moving forward than to be stuck forever on really complex steps and systems or getting bogged down by the minutia of really technical details. So in this episode, we're going to encourage you to start. And we're going to encourage you to start by focusing on selling something or making money, having some kind of profit as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Anything to get some money in the door, to proof of concept that your business can and will make money. You've got to prove that concept before you chase down the really big complexities of a, of a business. You, mm-hmm. could, you could spend all your time on the web design and the branding and uh, creating multiple social media accounts and all, and all this stuff. But if you haven't been able to sell one service mm-hmm. or one product yet, you could just be putting yourself down a rabbit hole before you've even proved that business will work. Yeah, that's right. So it starts with, let's just go through these. 
we have six steps to being self-employed. And like David said, this is not an exhaustive list. There's so much more to this, but we think these are key things to consider as you're moving into the idea of being self-employed and eventually going beyond that. So number one is make the commitment. Make the commitment. If you're an employee, but you have this passion, you have this desire to do more, then continue to work in your job full-time and then work part-time on your passion but you got to make that commitment. You got to say, I'm not just dabbling. This is not just a hobby for me. This is something I want to do. And eventually I have a desire to transfer from what I'm doing to this other thing mm -hmm. and see how big I can grow it, see how much I can do with it, how many people I can serve with it. Yeah. So the simple thing here when you make the commitment is to determine the exact date that you want to start your business. And this is easy. You write it down and you could write it down as you're listening to this. You could write it down today on November the 13th uh, you know, of 2020. I, David Thompson, am inaugurating and starting the business of Thompson Services. Mm -hmm. uh, you could say it today. You could put it a month out from now. Now, you don't want to put it too far out because then you may just never start. Mm -hmm. But one week from now, like maybe today you're not starting it, but one week from now on this date, you're going to inaugurate that business on a certain day you can change the name later. Like I said, oh, this is David Thompson Services. I could change the name a week from now to Thompson Media or a week from then to, um, you know, David's favorite fancy foods. You know, I can change the name to whatever I want later. But writing out a statement and making that commitment today, it's simple, it's easy, but it's, now you've got it in writing. It's not even necessarily a legal document, although it could be, but it, what it really is, is it's a line in the sand. It's your heart committing to say, today I'm going to start something new. And then you can always look back on that date and say, I started the business on this day. Uh, I may have been slow to create, slow to grow, but I know when I started. So step one, really simple, make the commitment and write down the exact day that you're starting your business. Yeah, that's great. And step number two is choose your focus or your niche. You need to figure out what area of service will I provide? Are you a financial coach? Are you someone that loves sports and you want to teach other people about trading cards? It could be anything, really mm -hmm. anything you want to teach someone else. You got to figure out what that is because your whole business is going to be based on that. And then, of course, you can expand beyond that. But what David said earlier is really important. You can't do everything at once. So start with one thing yeah. in that genre, but you got to figure out what's my focus. What am I going to do? What is my niche? How am I going to help people out there with what I know and what I want to share? I love that. In our next episode, we're planning to interview Josh Moore, and he's a business owner in a coffee shop. So let's say that you were planning to sell coffee. Well, you could say my niche is coffee, mm -hmm. but... That even in itself is a little too broad. Sure. Start with something very simple. Uh, today in Thompson Services, we're going to start by doing pour over coffees. And, and what are the supplies we're going to need? We're going to need, uh, you know, whole beans and a grinder. And we're going to need hot water. And we're going to need some cups and filters. And I will do pour overs of high quality coffee. And you learn how to serve people extremely well with a pour over or with a single service before you say, oh, now I'm going to do uh, espressos or espresso and I'm going to buy a huge machine and I'm going to do lattes and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. 
start simple, start mm-hmm. with your niche. And it could be coffee. It could be coaching, financial coaching. It could be selling books, buying books off the internet and then selling or buying books, you know, from your friends and then selling them on the internet for, for a profit. Whatever it is, you need to figure out that niche where you can make money today. I could, I could go buy coffee ingredients from Walmart and then find a place to set up and sell coffee at a profit today. I mean, I could, I could literally, now I'm not planning to do that today, but I could drive to Walmart and find product and then go sell that somewhere uh, by, by putting my time and labor. And so figure out what is it? Uh, you're going to ask these questions. What does my focus need to be? Uh, what will your product serve or solve? Who are you going to serve and how are you going to solve their problem? Uh, and then what kind of knowledge do you already have? Like, what are some things that you are, like, if you enjoy coffee or you enjoy books, you may already have a knowledge of the book sales industry. Or Leo and I enjoy personal financial coaching. Mm -hmm. We enjoy doing our own personal finances. We saw that we could serve other people well in it. And so that opened up to personal financial coaching. What are the things that you're naturally good at that you love? Yeah, that's good, David. I also think you have to do a little bit of what we call market analysis. You have to look at what you're good at or what you want to do, what you're passionate about. And then find out, is this a need? It might be, or maybe people don't know it's a need until you start talking about it. There's really an endless focus that you can have on multiple things. So it's really important that you look and say, okay, if I want to do this one thing, is this a need? Is anyone else doing it? Uh, Is there enough need so that if I start doing it and others already doing it, will there be enough demand? Will you be able to sell your services or your product? And then what are your barriers to entry? What do you need in order to get started? Do you need supplies? Do you need a place, a physical place where you can do what you're offering? You have to look at all these things because all of these things will determine on when you actually pull the trigger and start doing it. I think it's really important that you find something that you can do that doesn't cost a lot of money up front. You know, now there are some proven things, like if you were to open up a franchise, well, that's pretty easy. You just need to have a bunch of money and be able to put that money down. And of course, that franchise organization will help you to get started. So it's kind of a turnkey type of business. But if you're doing something on your own, which is what we're talking about, self-employment here, then you need to look at these things, do a little bit of research, find out what the need is, who you're going to serve, how you're going to sell your services before you get started, because you need to at least be thinking about those things. How difficult is it going to be for you to get started? That's right. So the first step was just to start to make a commitment and write down the date of the start of the business. The second step was to choose your focus or your niche. What is the service that you're going to provide? Start laser focused, then grow your product offerings over time, but find one thing you can make money at today. Then step three is to choose who you're going to serve. Mm -hmm. So determining who you're going to serve and where you're going to serve them, location, 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 where will you serve these people? Um, This is where a lot of people go wrong. They don't take the time to figure out who their target market is Mm. and the place that they're going to serve them. They'll say basically, uh, oh, I'm going to serve anybody and everybody. Anybody that could want coffee ever, I'm going to serve them coffee. Well, that's not true because I'm not going to fly to China and serve people coffee in China today. Um, You might make an online sale available of your coffee beans, but you've got a target. Hey, I'm looking at people between the age 20 and 30 in Dallas, Fort Worth, and maybe not just Dallas, Fort Worth, in Fort Worth, but not just Fort Worth, in downtown Fort Worth. You know, find a niche 
area and a group of people that you want to serve because you're going to target that group. That's And you've got to figure out, who do I like serving? Who do I want to serve? Who's looking for this product? If you try to serve everyone, it's going to water down all your marketing. It's going to water down all your focus. And it's just not helpful. So again, I love what Leo said, going back to market analysis. Uh, you've got to ask yourself, uh, if it's a competitive environment, how will I serve this group of people different or better mm -hmm. than my competitors? Uh, how am I going to sell my product to this person? I'm going to speak differently to a 20-year-old than I'm going to speak to a 40-year-old. I'm going to offer different things. And maybe in, in teenage years, early 20s, maybe price is more of a factor. Uh, maybe later in life, price is less of a factor and luxury and experience is more of a factor. Or, I mean, you got people in their 20s that the experience is the biggest factor. They couldn't care less about price because they may live at home with their parents. So price isn't an issue. You've got to figure out who you're targeting, what your price is, who's offering similar services, and can you do it for less? Uh, it, or maybe not even can you do it for less. Could you offer a premium experience mm. which allows you to charge a premium right. and make a lot more profit more quickly? But you've got to figure out who you're going to serve. Yeah. Because right after you figure out who you're going to serve, you're going to then have to think about how do I make that first sale? It kind of goes hand in hand. If you know who you're selling to, then you can approach those people or that person or that group of people to sell. And this is something that I learned early on when I started my business, which is to build a bridge so that you can get your first customer. It's good. A lot of times when people start businesses, I know this was my mindset. I knew that I had to build a website so I can tell people what my services would be. I knew that I wanted to blog so that I'm providing some kind of content and resource so that people could benefit from it. Then we started this podcast, which was, again, another resource that people can get. But all of that is there to serve the customer. But eventually, somebody's going to say, hey, I appreciate the podcast. I appreciate the blogs. I've learned a lot. But I really want to sit down with you and figure things out. Like, I, I, I want you to look at my numbers and help me figure this out. So I was trying to do all these things in order to build that rapport with people, help them mm -hmm. know that I can help them if they wish for me to help them at that level. But I was trying to do it all at once. And here's the thing, none of it paid, mm -mm. right? I mean, because the blog didn't pay, the podcast didn't pay. And building a I, website. I was spending, <laughs> a, exactly. So I was spending so much time providing this free service. And, and sometimes you do that in order to build that group of people and find your audience. So that's okay. I'm not saying that's wrong. But if you're going to spend time and money, realize that the longer you do that without actually cashing in, meaning without selling something, then you have to realize that it's not really a business. It's a hobby. It can, mm -hmm. can turn into just a hobby. So are you selling something? A business is a business officially when you're selling something, whether mm -hmm. it's services or product. So here's the analogy I want to use. Let's say your business is on one side of a river. And on the other side are your customers. You have to build a bridge so that your customers can pay you for your services. Mm -hmm. They can't throw it to you over the water. You're going to have to go over there, sell them, serve them so that you can get that money. And that's the way you do it. You build one bridge so you can get paid, and then you can come back and build the other bridges. So it's really important that as soon as you can, you're selling your product. Because mm -hmm. if you put that off too long, you're going to have a lot of expenses, you're going to do a lot of work, but you're not going to get paid for it. And sometimes if you have a job, you can do that for a while. But 
don't kid yourself. If you really, really want to start a business, whether it's a self-employment business or whether you want to make it official, get an LLC, S-Corp, C-Corp down the road, you got to make some money. That's right. You got to get a sale. I, lo I love that analogy just with the river being between you and your customer. If you try to build five bridges at once and you're trying to build the blog while you're trying to build the podcast, while you're trying to build the website, while you're trying to build direct marketing and social media ads, mm -hmm. you're going to wear yourself out building bridges. Yeah. You need to create one simple bridge first that gets you to the customer, that gets profit back across the river. Yeah. And then you begin to build the other bridges. So those are other steps in the overall process. And we're about to get to them. But you've got to first start the business, figure out what you're going to sell, who you're going to serve. And you've got to get that first bridge built. Yeah. Or else you're just going to just wear yourself out with five bridges halfway built. And then you're going to give up. That's right. So step four. Now is the time to start the administrative work behind the scenes of the business. And it's kind of funny that this is kind of step four, but I really think that the emotional start and the decision of, hey, can I actually make a sale uh, in step two and step three to a specific person of a specific product? I think that if you don't start there, then there's no point in doing the administration because you can't even make a sale long-term. So now step four, determine how you're gonna structure the business. Are you gonna be a sole proprietor or an LLC? Uh, how are you gonna register are you going to register it in your state? Do you need a particular license or a permit? And it's easy to do this, but there's no point in even doing that until you've decided and you figured out who you're going to sell to and what you're going to sell. You're going to want to open up a bank account specifically for the business. Now, this is a separate account from your personal checking account. Yep. Uh, you want to have all your business transactions through this business account. Uh, now, you can also, once you've registered your business and set it up, you can get a specific business account with a check with a with a bank. You could also do it as a personal checking account and call it your business account. But no matter what, it has to be separate from your personal finances. So I would start an account at another bank, really. That's what I did is we've got our normal bank that we do all of our personal finances through. And then I've got another bank that is totally separate. That way I keep all my business expenses completely categorized in a different place. So I never intermix my personal finances and my business until it's time to bring home some of the profit from the business account into the personal checking. And sometimes I'll invest from personal checking into the business, but that was at the beginning. Now I more so take profit out of the business and put it into personal checking, but I do it once a month or once a quarter when mm -hmm. I feel like it's time. And a lot of times I'll leave extra profit in the business because I might need to buy, buy equipment. Another good resource that I really want to point you to is a video that I did uh, on how to budget a small business. And so if you just go over to YouTube and type in how to budget for a small business or how to budget a small business, either one, it'll be the top video that comes up. And then there's actually two videos that I've done on there. There's the top one that comes up and it has small business taxes in there and self-employment. Uh, and then there's another one that's a few um, clicks down. It's got about 80,000 views. And again, it's how do I budget for a small business? So uh, go over to YouTube and type in how to budget for a small business. Uh, check out that video there. And I'm saying that because it helps break down your personal account versus your business account. And that's mm -hmm. a really important thing when you begin the administrative work of a business 
is completely separating your personal and your business finances. Yeah, it's unfortunate that sometimes people will get into even something as simple as real estate and then you're renting out a, an, an apartment or a house. And you, if you don't separate those, I had the unfortunate, I say unfortunate because it was heartbreaking to see people who had this additional asset that could really set them up for success. And, you know, there's growth and possibility there for wealth growth. But Unfortunately, because they were not managing it well, they didn't have separate finances for it. They didn't know whether it was making money or losing money. They were just, if they collected the rent, then they pay their bills with it. And and they every time they had an issue like paying taxes, they would be short. And so it created all kinds of problems that just were not necessary. And it's simply, David, is because they mixed everything together and then spent as if, you know, today is all that mattered mm -hmm. and they didn't look to the future so it's unfortunate i've seen it happen more than more than i care to admit and and it's sad because it doesn't have to be that way uh, i i shared this before in other podcasts but when i bought the investment property that my wife and i have we knew how much we wanted to put down initially we put 25 percent down we mortgaged the rest of it and then for the first year i didn't take a dime out of the rent you know i had two tenants into already when I bought it. So every single profit went right into the business. And then I built that account to about a year's worth of income from that business, which has helped me to replace air conditioning units, do all kinds of repairs, and never ever have I ever had to put money out of my own pocket, except for that initial investment, which was great because now it's made tons of income over the last eight years, way more than what I put into it. But it's because we manage it in a way where we never had to worry about our personal finances being affected because something happens. And by the way, it doesn't matter what you're doing, whether it's real estate, whether it's a personal business, whether you're just a self-employed person, you're going to have challenges. So you have to have margin. This is, goes along with our four steps to purposeful living. You have to have margin in your business too. So separating your finances by having a separate account and managing it as a separate entity is really, really wise. Do not miss this step because you will pay for it later. Yeah, the helpful thing about those videos is it helps you to plan for your self-employment taxes. Mm. And that is huge. It's something most self-employed people don't think about. So I'm not going to go into it here, but you're looking at typically 20 to 30% that you right. owe in taxes that you may not even be aware of on everything you earn mm -hmm. uh, because you're going to have self-employment taxes, Medicare, FICA. And so you've got to go in there, Social Security. Yep. You've got to go in there and look at that. And so just go over to YouTube and type in how to budget for a small business. Uh, you can type in my name alongside that, David Thompson or Gateway Stewardship, where I originally filmed that video and put it up there. Uh, but check out how to budget for a small business. It's yep. really useful. You need to see the visual breakdown of personal and business finances and then how you need to manage the taxes. Mm -hmm. That's where I've seen people pinched the most. They didn't set aside anything for taxes. And at the end of the year, the government asks them for several thousand dollars that they weren't planning for. And they weren't planning for it because they never watched that video. They didn't even think through it in advance. Yeah. And it's really not difficult to grasp these concepts. It's just that if you're not aware of what it takes, this is a great visual to help you understand those pieces. So highly recommend that video. All right, let's move on to step number five. Step number five is obviously keep a budget. We talked about having a separate account, but do so either through a software or an Excel spreadsheet or something. You have to have a plan for how you're gonna manage the finances of your business. It doesn't matter what you use. Initially, I would say do something that doesn't cost you anything. Again, it's about keeping your costs down when you're starting a business. 
So you can just do an Excel spreadsheet and it could be something as simple as here's my gross receipts. This is what I'm selling. Here's my costs. And now I know what my profit is. And mm -hmm. honestly, it's it's really mm -hmm. that simple. I don't mean to simplify it, but it's really that simple. How much money are you making from the services or product you're selling? What are some of the costs involved? You know, if you're selling things, but you're having to drive all over to deliver those things, well, you have to figure in the cost of mileage, gas, maintenance on the vehicle. Everything that, that requires you to do that business, you have to figure that in as a cost. By the way, you get to deduct that as a cost and you don't have to pay taxes on that. So it's really important to understand those things. But you really need to manage your money well. You have to have a personal plan yeah. for your personal finances, but even more so for a business because there are people that are more interested in knowing the, how much you made um, and, and what taxes you should be paying. And, and they're going to come knocking if you don't file your taxes for several years. And you may have tens of thousands of dollars of IRS debt. And that, that would hurt. And I've seen it. That's right. Uh, you're going to spend on purpose save before you spend, increase your financial margin, and then invest wisely. It's the same principles in the business exactly. that you have in your personal finances. But that's why in step four, when we talked about the administration, you create the two different accounts. Step five is that you actually put a plan in place. Mm -hmm. Spend on purpose. That's right. <laughs> so then step six, and this is going to be the final step for our intro to becoming self-employed and starting a small business. And that's just to start marketing. Mm-hmm and start networking. So networking and building relationships is a part of marketing. Yes. Uh, start doing social media. Go ahead and build an Instagram and a Facebook. Uh, now you need to balance out what's the best use of your time. So when mm -hmm. we say marketing, marketing can be a broad range. You need to figure out what the best way to market your product to your your unique product to your unique group of people. Uh, but one of the things that was really helpful for me just even right at the beginning was to personally reach out to friends and let them know what I was thinking about doing and begin to get some traction just with the relationships I already had and then to build out some social media and a website. Uh, you're going to have to do that eventually. We don't make it step number one. Mm -hmm. uh, step number one is to build that bridge. Well, it's to start the business. But remember, we're building that bridge from uh, over the river uh, to where the customers on the other side of the river build that bridge where you have some profit right away. But then once you've built that bridge and you've got a little bit of profit coming in, now is the time to think about how do I extend the market, extend my network, begin to share with other people what I'm doing. Yeah, you have to find people who are interested or could potentially benefit from your services or product. And that's not going to happen naturally. In fact, I would say marketing is the most difficult part of a business. Everything else is systems, it's processes, it's things that you can learn to do. Marketing is the hardest thing because people are finicky they may be interested in something you're selling right now and then lose interest or so you're constantly having to find people that need what you have you're not going to have most of the time you're not going to find people who need your services for the rest uh, of their lives potentially if I'll, I'll give you an example in financial coaching if i do a good job with a customer I hope they don't come back because then I've done a good job and they're on their way now it doesn't mean that they may not benefit from some of the blogs or some of the content that i'm putting out but they won't need to sit down with me and do it all over again. If they got on a good budget, they've got a plan, they're succeeding, they're building wealth, then I've done my job and that poor customer's gone. They may never come back, but if I've done a good job, they might tell somebody. So this is part of that networking. Serve people well, let people know what you're doing, but know that your customers will change over time so you can never let up on marketing. You know, it's got to be something that you devote enough time to because if you don't, then 
the river drives up, so to speak, and now you've got no cash coming in and your business could potentially fail. So marketing, very important. You need to make sure you focus on it enough. You can't, you don't need to focus 100% of your time on it. And I think sometimes people do too much of that. You need to build a good product and then use uh, your time wisely to market to the right people. And that's, now let me say one more thing. If you market too wide and too broad, like David said, you can't serve everybody. Good marketing is when you find out who your customer really is and then talk to them directly. Uh, that that very focused marketing is what pays off the most. Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, uh, I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. We talked about basically the six simple steps to starting your own business, becoming self-employed. And you can do this with a number of different services or products on the side of what you're doing as an employee and learning and growing. And so make a commitment. Start your business, set a date for it, choose your focus, who you're going to serve is step three, choose who you're going to serve once you figure it out, what you're going to serve them with. Step four is to administrate the business, build out the business accounts, uh, register as an LLC or a sole proprietorship or an S corp or a C corp. We'll probably do an episode at some point that walks through the intricacies of each one of those and what you may choose in different seasons of your life. And then step five, create an actual budget for the business. You know that in Leo and I's podcast, you're all always going to hear on getting money right why you need to have a budget for your personal finances and your business. And then step six, begin marketing and networking. And I hope it's been useful. Uh, I think it's important to go over to the show notes and check out the resources because you can go back and look at the six steps. So go over to leosabo.com download the show notes or open up the show notes and just click back through these. And if you want to start a business, then just one at a time, Set up a day and do each one of these one day a week, you know, for the next seven days. Uh, now, it doesn't mean that you're going to knock out all of it in seven days, but begin that process going step by step through it. Yeah, I also think it's important to find people who are like you interested in self-employment and eventually starting maybe a small business and get around those people or connect with somebody that's already done it. Uh, next week, we're going to have a guest speaker Uh, Josh Moore is going to come on and talk. He is a business owner, and he's had the opportunity to mentor and to consult with other people who are interested in doing what he's doing. So he's serving a specific group of people who have an interest to start a business in the same service that he's offering. So find those kind of people. You know, when people are successful in something and they're passionate about something, they're willing to share it with someone else. Mm -hmm. So find those kind of people serve them, help them in some way, give them something. Don't expect something for free. Don't expect them to use their time just to benefit you. So be generous with your own ability to serve them. And then you'll benefit from that as well, because you'll have people around you that can help you avoid some of those landmines that potentially could ruin you. So get some people around you so that you have some wisdom ongoing as you're starting to build this out. That's right. Well, if you want to come hang out with me a little bit more, head over to stewardshippastors.com and check out the book, Jesus on Money. And Leo, where can people hang out with you and spend more time with you? Well, they can come to leosabo.com. That's where you'll find me and some of the content that I've developed and uh, some financial tools and other resources that you can use. And I'd love for you to connect with me. If you you have any questions or if I can help you, uh, you can contact me through the website. Awesome. Well, we hope that you enjoyed this episode and that you'll join us next time so that together we we can can keep getting getting money right.
those kind of people. You know, when people are successful in something and they're passionate about something, they're willing to share it with someone else. Mm-hmm. So find those kind of people, serve them, help them in some way, give them something. Don't expect something for free. Don't expect them to use their time just to benefit you. So be generous with your own ability to serve them, and then you'll benefit from that as well. Mm-hmm.